Welcome, everybody, to the Marketing Blender Show. I'm Dacia. And I'm Daisy. Now, today, we would be remiss if we did not talk about another side of revenue impact in scaling revenue, which is stopping client churn. So our topic today is the 10 ways to stop your client churn problems forever. So Daisy, kick us off because I think this is one that people oftentimes don't embed in their marketing and revenue strategy, and it is a massive miss. They often don't. And actually, one of the biggest problems is they're just thinking about how do I keep customers or clients from leaving? Like, how do I just stop the churn? And they're not thinking big enough. And that's why they're having the problem that they're having, because they don't actually have a larger goal for that customer across the customer lifecycle. They don't have a plan for how they're going to take that engagement and grow it and make it bigger and make it better. And that's actually something that you should be thinking about from day one, not just, can I keep this client for another month or another six months, but how can I make it so this client will never want to leave me and they will want to engage me more and more and more in the years ahead. Building out that account plan or that strategic roadmap on your side and how you communicate that to the client will vary depending on what type of customer it is and what they're ready to hear, but you should know on your side what plans you have for them. Absolutely. I love that. And you hit on two things. You know, Daisy's talking about a global goal, but she also mentioned an account plan. And that's what's so exciting about getting clear about what your client retention should look like because you can both paint a picture, a vision of success for your client that benefits them and it benefits you. And then there's a double layer of healthy accountability that since you do have a global goal and how it applies to your revenue and scalability, you also can drive that to individual accountability for the person that is managing that account. So yes, I love that. Simply discussing what the goal needs to look like can absolutely transform a strategy. And I think it's just such a really great opportunity. It is. And we use a lot of customer and internally driven metrics to decide what does success look like? How are we going to track it? Our scorecards are a very strong component of making sure that clients can see progress. There's agreement on what it looks like and they don't forget just because it was a month ago or a week ago that yes, things are going really, really well. Let's make sure that we keep success uh, top of mind and in front of people all the time. I would also say that when it comes to figuring out why you're having a client churn problem or what makes customers stay with you, don't guess. So if you want to understand why customers leave or why they stay, don't guess. Make sure you have voice of the customer interviews that are being done by someone external to your organization because you want your customers to tell the truth, whether that's the good, the bad, or the ugly. You want to know the real reasons that they love you or the real reasons that they got dissatisfied or bored or whatever and decided to leave. You also need to make sure you're doing a postmortem when you lose customers or clients. So you get real about what may have gone wrong, what could have gone better, was it within your control, was it outside your control. We use the five whys system or framework for getting to the root cause, and that just literally is what it sounds like. We ask why five times. Why did this customer leave? Well, because this happened, and why did that thing happen? Well, because this wasn't in place. Why wasn't that in place? And we do that until we get to 
the actual fixable problem. And when we look at fixable problems, they usually land in one of three places. Number one is wrong priorities. So if you're having a problem, the first place to look is actually, are we aiming at the right thing? Are we doing things for the right reason? Are our goals the goals that need to be in place? The second place to look is in your processes. So if there's something that's going wrong and if it's a client churn problem that's consistently happening or that's becoming a trend, it means there is something consistently happening that's not being done the way it should be. It could be because you don't have a process in place. It could be because the process is not being followed. It could be because the process is not documented. Or it could be because the process is just unrealistic. The third place that you can look, and you don't get to look here until you've looked at priorities and processes, the third place is people. So once in a while, you do have somebody who's on the wrong seat in the bus or shouldn't be in your bus anymore because they're just not on board with your priorities and with your processes and, for example, with your company culture and the values that you have. And that's when you can start looking at correcting behaviors or making sure that you're making changes within your organization at the people level. This ad is brought to you by The Marketing Blender. As you guys know, I'm a fractional CMO, and actually at The Marketing Blender, there's a whole team of us. For a fraction of the cost of a full-time executive, you can hire a chief marketing officer to write your marketing plan, to clean up your messaging and your positioning, and to drive sustainable results. We oversee multiple partners. We help mentor team members. And most importantly, we build a marketing machine that will drive results for your company for years to come. If you're curious about what this looks like, and some of our engagements go from a couple months to a couple years, check out themarketingblender.com. I love it. Okay. I've got to stop for a second because you guys, Daisy literally just dropped a two day facilitation session that will transform your strategy. And she just gave it to you in about 45 seconds. So really, really, if you have not, you need to hit pause. You need to go back. You need to put some bullet points um, down on your piece of paper because what she just mentioned. So number one, setting the goal. Number two, quantifying your scorecard. What value do you drive? And then number three, don't guess, solve the right problem. Client churn is a symptom of a problem, not the problem. And so she is pointing to something so important about how you think about this. And what I love about this, Daisy, is it's not just about solving a problem. This is transformative for people to turn a problem into a point of pride. I mean, something where they leapfrog the problem and literally become outstanding in these areas because they took the time. So I just... I just had to hit pause because I'm like, oh my God, people need to realize like what you just gifted them with. So then I'm going to go a little bit on the lighter side from there. Engage clients emotionally, right? So that's the next one we have on our list is don't just make it about the flat delivery because people's businesses, their work, what they're engaged in, it matters to them personally. And so if you can bring in ways that do stir up the emotions, it really does make that relationship so much stickier because they want to stay with you. Like it's not just that you're awesome, it's that you're awesome as a human being and that's a great way to inform their personal work as well. I have a really good example of this. I had a client a couple of months ago and I knew they were 
kind of ghosting me, but it wasn't because they didn't care. It was because they had a massive project that they were in the middle of, and it was stressing them out, and it was taking 100% of their time. You know what? As soon as I knew that they had wrapped that project, the first thing I did was send them a video just saying, congratulations, you just did something hard, and you did something worthwhile. And you know what? The outcome looks amazing. So just taking the chance to recognize that your clients are going through stuff in their lives too, yeah. and taking the, the chance to tell them that you appreciate what they're doing, even if it means they haven't been doing what you want them to do and paying attention to you. You know what? What, they're, what they have going on the rest of their life is important to you. Oh, absolutely. Oh my gosh. I've got to tell you a quick story. I don't know if I already told you this about one of our team members, but one of our folks is his goal recently to get every single one of his clients that he's a lead on to talk to him about something that has nothing to do with their work relationship. I love that so much. And it has been amazing to see how it's transformed the collaboration and the work and the level of trust. And that's all he did different. Like he's already smart. He was already producing a lot of really great results in digital marketing. And it was just the coolest goal to see him put on his paper where he's like, I think I know like how I'm going to up level you know, my clients and it was on that personal level and it has like, it's been really, really neat. So I love this one. Now this next one that we have. So number five on the list, I think is going to surprise some people and what I'm going to do. I want to challenge you to graduate some of your clients on purpose. So this is not about losing clients. This is about identifying that there are certain types of clients where maybe they are with you for a project or a season where you may already know that that's going to come to a definitive end, or you may know because of your experience that they don't need you long-term. Do it on purpose. Tell the truth. Like do a celebration when you graduate because one of the things about this is number one, you leave them with something really exciting. You got to be a part of a graduation and recognize their progress, but you can nurture them to come back when they are ready for you or when they hit the next milestone where you are the right partner. And you can tee that up in total transparency instead of losing that client. Exactly. And that takes us back to the very early stage when we're talking about that full life cycle and the plan that you have for your clients. Sometimes there's a hiatus. Sometimes there's a trial separation that happens in there. And that is okay, especially if you're coming to them with integrity and saying something that they've never heard from any other person that they've partnered with, which is you've gone as far as we can take you for now. You've made amazing progress. Let's recognize that and celebrate that. For right now, based on what your goals are at this time, we can step away. And guess what? If they're ready to come back, they will absolutely remember that experience. And they're going to refer you to other people in the meantime. I can't tell you how many referrals I get from my past clients. Yes, thank you for bringing that one up. That is such a good point. Our graduated clients are an amazing referral base for us because we were good to them and we stay engaged. And now we have a personal relationship that is no longer tied to an invoice. So we're choosing each other on purpose to stay connected to each other. I'm so glad you brought that aspect up. Okay. So the next one we've got on our list is messaging choreography through the full customer life cycle. So I'm I'm sliding, I'm backsliding into marketing jargon. I recognize it. So I'm going to kick this over to you. Like when, when internally, when we talk about 
choreographing a customer's experience from a life cycle. Where do you go with that? And how do we teach other people to do the same for their folks? Sure. So with messaging choreography, it's always mirror, teach, prove, sell. So when you're talking to someone who is actually, they're already a customer of yours, they've already come on board, that still applies. So you have to start with what they care about. And that's always a vision of some kind that you can help them express and clarify and get really, really specific about. So building that larger vision of what they want to accomplish, and it should dovetail with what you want them to accomplish in your larger plan if there's good alignment for the value that they're bringing and what they need. But make sure it's documented. So it needs to not just be something, oh, we had this great conversation. What was it that we decided to do? You need to document the vision that your customer has for their success so that you can remind them of the next step and the next step and the next step because then they don't get bored and they don't get apathetic and they don't lose interest or they don't lose momentum and you can help move them forward in that client engagement or that customer engagement over the long term. You also want to make sure that you're framing progress as a series of successes. So every new chapter and every new ending for your customers as they move from one phase to the next, you should be framing that as how things have gone well, the progress that's been made, because people forget. So you need to make sure that you're framing that in their each step of success toward their vision. And then finally, it's very helpful to make sure you're using benchmarks. And these can be industry benchmarks that you're expecting them to meet or that they want to meet. These can be competitor benchmarks. Who do you want to beat? These can be benchmarks around marketing metrics. And we bring a lot of these to the table for our clients because they simply don't know. Is XYZ a good open rate for an email campaign? Or what should I expect as a conversion rate on my pay-per-click? So being able to provide context and confidence helps you teach and prove that what you're doing is working. And then Finally, make sure that you've identified the predictable milestones that you're going to use as the inflection points to come back to and help them understand their journey through the customer life cycle. You know, I, I like this one so much because what you're doing here is you're challenging people to actually leverage their thought leadership into their operational customer experience, right? Like, Think ahead, get out of the weeds, look forward to what you can do and where your client should be headed and put it on paper and guide them. Stay proactive, stay in that leadership role instead of being reactive with your client relationships, which can be a death toll. Like if you start being an order taker when you started out as a leader. So this is just such a really great opportunity to drive additional value, simply doing your most favorite thing, which is being an expert in your field of delivery. So I really, really love this one. And I just love the intentionality, which of course is always one of my one of my themes. So number seven on our list, we've kind of mentioned, so I'm not going to beat it to death, but I just love the alliteration is it's turn friction points into fabulous, right? So just going back over this list and looking into the future, as you do uncover the reasons that you are churning clients or that you're not upselling or that you're not able to get additional business, don't just get frustrated look at that as an opportunity and don't just say, how do we solve this problem? 
ask yourself, how do we turn this into a strength or a differentiator? Because how you frame your questions around this scenario is an absolute game changer because the quality of your questions will determine the quality of your solutions. So, you know, just think bigger. Just something to think about. And remember, if you're having a constant issue with losing clients over something, a lot of your competitors are too. Mm, so nice reminder. be different, be better, you can. And yeah. probably you're the only one who cares enough to solve that problem. So go for it. Yeah. You know, the next one we have on our list, number eight, um, I think is something really common and it hints at one that we talked about a little while ago. Like I mentioned getting in the weeds and once you are really into delivery, no matter what product or service you have, you have a tendency to work with the team that is the operational team, right? You know, the doers in the organization, but you probably sold in to the leadership team. Like the decision maker was probably different than your day-to-day -day, um, people that are actually implementing. But that can be dangerous because where you're driving the value, there might not be visibility across the organization. So we do think a lot and talk a lot about how to make sure that we maintain connection with the leadership team. And that goes right back to, do you have shared vision? Do you have benchmarks? Reporting is one of the absolute most important places that you get to communicate the success story. And I would say other than reporting, bringing fresh ideas to leadership. Because guess what? Proactive, they didn't have to come up with it, didn't have to think about it. They can say, that's amazing, run with it. That's a really great way to make sure you have continued buy-in from leadership and reduces customer churn. And this is really a layer on that choreographing that you were talking about. Because choreographing a customer experience doesn't mean that it's the same person for every touch point. So just thinking holistically about all of the people that implement and that are um, receiving value from your company and the delivery. All right, getting down to the end of the list. Number nine, I love this one. Now this is really personal to us, but um, it's about rolling out your work be to the full organization, not just the implementation team. And so for instance, you know, um, when we're talking about our work, we might be doing branding or we might be doing an email campaign. We might be doing working with the head of sales or just name it, all of the different tactics that we do. But especially when it comes to branding and messaging, a lot of times it stays at the leadership and marketing and sales team but that's if impacting dozens, if not hundreds of people behind that. And it's representative of what they do, even though they're not involved in those decisions. And so rolling it out to the full culture, man, like so many good vibes and feels and like extra value. And on top of that, it gets way stickier. I mean, like it helps our work. And this can be true for other companies too. It is. I actually have a really great example from a client in the digital transformation space because when they roll out their software within an organization, it's impacting the IT department. It's impacting the customer service department. It's impacting the call center. It's impacting their final customers. And this client is really, really good about making sure there is a communication step all along the way for each one of those different audiences. What are the things that they need to know? How are you recognizing that this is changing things for them? Because change management is always one of the stickiest, hardest problems when you're doing digital transformation. So that's a really good example of if you're doing it right and you're making sure that there is that 
real trickle down of information, not just, oh, I hope people understand what's happening. Oh, they'll hear about it around the water cooler. Doing it on purpose yeah. gives you a chance to make that the best experience possible. You know, and I think I love that example. And also it's, you know, this is an opportunity to find value adds that are just right in front of you that you just take for granted or because you're naming them the, the wrong thing. So for instance, the story that comes up for me is that there's been a number of times where we've gotten to do messaging training to the sales team. Now in each case, we were walking in lockstep with the leader, the sales leader of that organization. We weren't stepping on their toes, but we both realized, hey, you guys are experts at messaging. You're an external voice that people are going to be intrigued by, and you can train this. It didn't matter that we were not called sales trainers. <laughs> like Our approach and our philosophy still was able to bring value to those large sales teams, and they got to go implement immediately. Immediately. They didn't have to wait for a campaign. They got to learn and ask questions and then really personalize what the organization was doing and then take it down to the ground level. And that, you know, I mean, exactly back to what you're saying is so exciting. Exactly. And if you're working with clients who have the right priorities, processes, and people, they will embrace this. <laughs> exactly. All right. And last but not least, make sure your team metrics align with customer retention. You guys, we do see this frequently that what you are measuring, which of course is what gets managed, is not actually what you want. So if you have not looked at your comp plans in a while, if you have not looked at your individual team scorecards or the agendas that you're driving at leadership meetings, if you're wondering, man, why don't they get it? It might be because you're accidentally pointing their attention to, in a different direction. And you have to be obvious about this. You don't get a pass saying, everybody knows you shouldn't want to lose clients. Well, <laughs> you know, maybe everybody should know that, but you do need to make sure that there's alignment and it goes straight back to what Daisy said earlier about setting the goal and thinking bigger. So do you ever come across this where leadership thinks everybody knows or intuits, you know, a really core goal and just it, it gets missed. It's incredibly common. And there are a couple of different things that are often happening that get labeled as things that they are not. So for example, everybody has something they're trying to accomplish at work. Number one thing is don't get fired, usually. Yes. Like, I don't yes. want to lose my job. So you have a large contingent of your workforce that is, I don't want to be blamed. Or I just need to get all of the stuff checked off of my list so I don't feel overwhelmed. Or I have to do everything perfect. And then you get a contingent of people who are like, I just want to get out of here as fast as possible. I want to get done what I've been told to do. And I don't want to have to think or manage anything beyond that. So lots of different personalities, lots of different priorities that can be in place at different levels of your organization. And unless you are recognizing, rewarding, and incentivizing the things that drive toward your business goals, like let's not lose customers, <laughs> then it's no wonder that you're your employees are not driving toward those because you know what? You're not making it easy for them. You're not making it obvious for them and you're not rewarding them for it. Absolutely. That dissonance between big picture thinking and tactical execution is real. It's real because you are so right. We get buried in our to-do list, but also there are certain valuable personalities on our teams 
where that that's they're amazing. They're like staying attention to detail, staying laser focused on their to-do list, like making sure that everything's getting implemented in perfection. That's not necessarily big picture thinking. And that's okay exactly. because that's not what their role is. And that's why that communication and that alignment is so critical so that you are keeping the value in place. You're rewarding people without abandoning, you know, what really needs to happen for the business. Exactly. Just make sure for that perfectionist, everything on their list drives toward the thing that you want to accomplish. That's, <laughs> that's all you need to do. Fantastic exactly. employees. Exactly. Well, you guys Really would love to hear your feedback, would love to hear your questions, and most of all, would love for you to hit that subscribe button and give us your comments and feedback. Hey, we can handle it, and we're here to have real conversations because this world is changing super fast. So thank you guys so much for all of the love that you've been given our channel, and we will keep bringing what you want as long as you're willing to tell us. Hit that subscribe button, and we'll see you next week. Onward and upward. We hope you learned something today that will help you succeed with your marketing. And if you liked what you heard, definitely give us a thumbs up and a subscribe. Don't forget to check the show notes. We're sharing free tools and resources there. And you guys, we would love to hear your comments. So drop one in or send us an email and maybe we'll use your topic on a future show.